0: On behalf of the Office of Faculty Development at Weill Cornell Medicine, and in collaboration with the Office of Faculty Affairs, it gives me great pleasure to introduce Dr. Jane Salmon to talk about our new Weill Cornell Medicine CV. Congrats, it was a big project this, this thing. Thank I, you, thank can't you. can't wait to talk about it. Um, so Jane, um, I think most people know you, but uh, Jane, you're a professor of medicine an Associate Dean of Faculty Affairs at Weill Cornell Medicine. Um, and as a bit of notable history, uh, you were the first woman enrolled in the uh, MSTP program, the Medical Scientist Training Program at Columbia University College of Physicians and Surgeons. Kudos to you, it's a huge accomplishment. Um, and you're also uh, you know, also a pretty reasonably sized accomplishment, um, a member of the National Academy of Medicine. I don't even know if you have to update your CV anymore, but uh, great to have I you. I do, there.
1: I still do, and I hope you all will.
0: <laughs> wait why why do you update your CV you're, you're, you're done you, you've made it
1: people always want it and for yourself you want to look at what you're doing it, it's a moment of self-reflection actually
0: interesting well that's that's actually really good to know we'll, we'll get to some granular questions in a little bit but that's uh that's actually a pretty valuable lesson right there um, so Jane I, I was kind of with you um, riding in the sidecar uh, on the on the CV uh, updating journey um Why did we update the CV? What's the background?
1: Well, I think the faculty found it burdensome. It was outdated. It didn't really speak to the broad activities, the diversity of our faculty. It was written many, many years ago, and it was very important to the institution to value all the different things we do, and to encourage the faculty to feel free to follow their passions, as long as it enriched the final product of the college. So the it had to be made easier because everyone hated the boxes and the grids and all that, but it also had to recognize different skills and different accomplishments.
0: Um, I want to tell a quick story because um, when I came to Weill Cornell about seven years ago, I remember um, I have a long history of going to my favorite coffee chain. I'm, I have nothing to disclose. Starbucks has not paid me money, although I wish, wish they did. I could pay my student loans, but I go to Starbucks, and that's when I do my CV. I would, uh, in, in my previous job in Miami, I'd walk to Starbucks. That's where I did my CV. It was like a mental break for me. I would, it was like my, I don't know my, um, I don't know my my trick to get to get me to update it. Um, so when I started updating my CV. Um, trying to get it in those boxes and the cutting and pasting, my goodness, my like, my like smoke was coming out of my ears. So I want you to know that like for, for years, I think it, you know, it was frustrating, but I, um, I got up the gusto and I don't know how, I don't know even why, but one day I said, I'm going to tell someone, someone about this. And you were so nice and we're like, Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. You know what? Let's do something about this. The fact that you Uh listen to faculty, um, and you know, it was a couple of faculty, you know, had had, you know, questions about, you know, variety of parts of the CV, but just the fact that you were open to listening um and that the whole Office of Faculty Affairs was pliable and 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 moldable, you know, was awesome. I'll just put it that way.
1: Thank you. And I hope everybody listening really believes that we're your advocates and we're not obstacles. I hope you'll believe that.
0: Yeah, I think um I don't wanna, you know put any words in my, in anyone else's mouth, but I, I feel like, you know, some people, especially junior faculty and even mid-career folks may be a little intimidated. Maybe, you know, oh, it's Wild wow, Cornell, Ivy League, you know, whether you came from Ivy League or you, or you didn't come from it at all, like me, um, I I was intimidated. And in the fact that everyone was like, oh, what a great idea. Oh, that's a great suggestion. We should talk about that. Um, You know, what was the process for updating the CV? who did so, you get feedback from? What, what, how did that work?
1: Well, first all of the staff talked about the challenges that the faculty had, because you'd call the Office of Faculty Affairs staff and say, how do I fill this out? This is wrong, I don't understand it. So we knew where the weak points were. We then also thought about as a faculty person, there's specific metrics. As you go up the ranks, your recognition as an expert, your recognition as a scholar, an assistant professor, it might be local. Associate professor would be regional, national, full professor, national, international. And all of your presentations, the professional societies you contribute to, they were all jumbled together. So if you break it out, the person filling out their CV can see if they really meet the metrics for the position they want to be in. We also, um, so we wanted to make it logical. And so the process was rather complex and I'm sorry to say took a very long time because then we had focus groups of faculty members and appointment and promotion administrators from departments. Then we had some of the assistant and associate deans who dealt with faculty development and faculty affairs. Then we had many, many beta testers who saw the new one and gave us feedback. Um, the GFC played a very important role in reviewing the CV and testing it out and commenting. And you did too, Richard. Um, You redlined many sections and you were one of the many people who did that. And actually COVID made us hold up the release because we didn't want to stress people out with yet another thing that was changing. And during that time, We've made a whole lot of other little tweaks. So it should come out very soon. Um, and I hope their satisfaction. But I want to say loud and clear, if there are areas that need to be modified, it's not a legal document that has to go to Congress for changes. It's something that we can change because we want it to be a live document. That you feel comfortable filling out regularly so that when it's time for your appointment of promotion or your annual review you don't say like when did i give that last talk or, or where was that last meeting and what committee did i go to last january and and i don't have my papers or abstracts in order
0: okay. so um, that's that's a great overview and um, you know, so I, I I got the pleasure of um, actually moderating some of the focus groups, which was a lot of fun. And and we had people a, a, a very diverse group of people from you know uh, from different different departments, different levels, um, women, men, people. It was it was a very diverse group. We were very inclusive. It was awesome. Um, and we got a lot of feedback. And um, I spent a couple of weekends, My uh, my uh, the red line would be one, one way to put it, um, basically melding together um, the advice. And um, I hope I did okay. And then your team did amazing to kind of like, you know, make it look pretty and that kind of thing. Um, but we spent a lot of time integrating suggestions, integrating feedback. And, you know, for for faculty out there at, at any level, um, you know, I, I think the enemy of Perfect is good, or the enemy of good is perfect. I don't know what that saying is. I just mangled it. Um, But you know,
1: the enemy of good is better. That's what my husband always tells me when I redo things.
0: Exactly. Like we we tried really hard. A lot of people tried, and and I agree with you. It's it's just more logical. It's just like easier. It you can sit down and and you know you can cut and paste things a little bit better. Um, It looks good, and it just it just tells a story, just like any good you know manuscript should tell a story. Uh, I I hope that the CV tells a story. Um, So. Um, Let's talk about the key areas that were changed. So there's going to be a lot of people that watch this because they're about to, whether they go to Starbucks or Gregory's Coffee or, I don't know, choose your favorite uh, coffee shop somewhere in the uh, First Avenue 70-something area. Um, What were the key areas that were changed? Uh, Why don't you talk about that?
1: Well, other than the logical structure I talked about in terms of being harmonized with the metrics... Uh, there's a whole new section about mentoring. Mentoring is a key goal. Improving the mentoring environment at while Cornell is a key goal of Dean Choi, and that should be reflected in appointments and promotion. But mentoring isn't a casual relationship. It's a long-term relationship that's meaningful to both the mentor and the mentee, and they're products of mentorship. So we are going to we have not tables, don't worry, but data of who you mentored, what their position was, what was the period of mentorship, what what did you do, what did they do? and It's just tables, so it's words, not paragraphs. And what were the products of mentorship? Did they get a great new job? Did they get a grant? Did you co-publish papers together? Um, did they mentor someone else? So there are ways to show what you did and how it contributed. So that's one very important uh, change in the CV. Um, The other change is for researchers. They had to write grants and your publications and honors, but you never got to really write a short story, just three lines about what it is your projects are about. You can't always tell that from the title of the grant. So now you can put in some narrative describing your multiple areas of interest, and then the grants that relate and support those areas of interest. That's for the researchers. For the clinicians, I think the clinical um, portfolio was onerous, so we pulled that out. You no longer have to do a clinical portfolio, but the critical elements of clinical activity are captured in the CV itself. Um, And the teaching report is no longer required, but individuals who want to be promoted on an educator pathway have to do the educator's portfolio, but that's a small subset of our faculty. Um, Finally, um, we put in a section that's called recognition of exemplary service during the COVID-19 pandemic. Many people changed their lives, changed their clinical research and educational commitments and did things that were very different than what they had done before. They may have enhanced their productivity or hurt their productivity in their specific area. There's a paragraph that's optional to talk about what you did during that time, what it meant, and how it affected your career. Um, And finally, we still have the uh, section on statement of key contributions. Uh, It's optional. It was always optional, but I urge individuals to think about what their key contributions are, to jot them down in a page. It helps you be reflective about what's important, your CV of 40 papers or 20 papers or 100 papers, which are the key ones? What are the key things you did that is transformative for research care or education? And that helps the reviewers also understand where you think you fit, what your goals are, and have you met them. So that's not changed, but highly encouraged.
0: Great. Yeah. And I think think that um, definitely helps um, to just frame the whole the you know the CV has a lot of information and it's it's an extremely valuable document. But I think sometimes um, it gets overwhelming when you know you when faculty have worked hard whether it's five, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty, who knows how many years. It it, it can get overwhelming. There's a lot of information there, and um, just having that statement just to frame you know where the reviewers, uh, the committee of review, will will really hone in on. I think is is super important. Like you it
1: said, it also helps when you you're sending out you're requesting, we request letters for you to support your appointment and promotion from outside individuals. And they see that. So that helps them figure out what it is that you see as important. And they may see it the same way as you do or differently, but it helps them focus also. Great. Especially if they don't know you well, they just see this, you know, multi-page CV and they don't know where to start.
0: Right. So... I have a couple more questions. We could talk for a long time, but you know, we'll have you back. We'll, we'll hopefully do more. <laughs> Thank words. you. Um, but um, what tips would you have? Just some high yield tips. So someone's watching this, they're about to get their, their coffee ready, whatever it is. They're getting down to, to doing the CV and they're finally done. They finished the CV, they're all excited. Um, what tips do you have for faculty at all levels, junior, mid-career, and even more senior, um, how to keep their CV current and also how to make that CV impactful?
1: Well, impactful would be, I think, in the, the statement of key contributions. Impactful will be small narrative paragraphs that you can put throughout if you want to highlight something that you think you've done, the most important things you've done, important to you, important to your community, um, however you define it in, in your discipline. So there's room to do that. Um, the other thing is, as you suggest, keeping it current there is no way you can remember what you did three years ago. Even if you have a great outlook calendar, you won't know the title of the talk. You may not even know what city it was in. So keeping it current. I see. I love coffee. So I love the story that Richard told you about drinking because it's coffee at Starbucks and updating his CV. So if you could find something that brings you joy and treat yourself with that something and either time on a timeline say i haven't done my cv in the last three months or what i do is every time i get a paper accepted or a grant and there are a lot of rejections but when they're accepted the first thing i do to pat myself on the back is i stick it in my cv so i know it's there and it makes me proud because my cv is a living document i can say oh i did another thing that matters
0: that's great that's that's super helpful um and i agree um Honestly, I don't remember what I did like three weeks ago, let alone three months or three years ago, especially during COVID, like everything's a blur. I don't even know what day it is. A lot of times, maybe I need a memory doctor. I don't know if you know anyone good. <laughs> um, there, I don't know if there's any brain transplant protocols at Wild Cornell or HSS, but I'll, I'll sign up for
1: one. Um, I, I've applied. I'm on the list. I'm number list 32 too. on the list.
0: Okay, cool. I'll, I'll join the list too. Um, so um, I guess one more thing. So we can talk about this in future videos too, but um, while we have you, um, any high yield tips on promotions? Um, you know, we, we're, we, we have a mission. We're, we're trying to, you know, advance science, you know, care, discover, teach. Uh, we have to keep our CVs updated. Um, what are additional steps that, that, that faculty need to take um, if, if we're really thinking that we want to get promoted?
1: Understand the metrics understand what you need to go to the next step and organize your career around that so learn how to say no to things that are going to distract you from where you want to go learn how to find opportunities that will help you so how do you prove your reputation it's not by only seeing patients even though i know there's a certain requirement to see patients. It's by getting out and volunteering in your professional organizations, joining committees, giving talks. That's how you get people to know how talented you are, what your skill set is, what your contributions are. So it's about thinking of the metrics and operationalizing them. So that's a key thing. And if you're It's written in the the Guidebook of Appointments and Promotions. It's on the website. Download the couple pages that relate to where you want to go next, put little boxes next to them, and, and figure out how to reach all of them. And once you're close to that, well, each year you can take the metrics and take what you've done with your annual review and say, how do I look to you, to your chair? Because it's up to the chair to tell you when it's time, but don't wait for them to invite you. You have to say, I want to be promoted. How many years? What do I need to do? How can you help me do it? Who else can help me do it? Um, If you wait for them, they've got a lot of faculties. They may not remember. So the onus is on you to self-advocate, but also to do what you think needs to be done and to confirm with your chair that you're doing the right things.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, When I was promoted from assistant to associate years ago, um, I I had been planning it for, I mean, honestly, maybe I'm weird, but at least four or five years. I mean, I, I had a plan, I knew what I was gonna do, and then like at least three years before I wanted to go for promotion, I said, hey, doctor, whatever i this is my plan you know what what do you think this is what i i this is my interpretation of, of the of the guidelines and it's interesting but um our interpretations were different um and that was surprising to me and you know there in in, in my chair's mind at the time there was a specific number of publications you needed but that wasn't in the guidelines so you know we, we had these very frank open honest conversations and having these conversations years in advance um i, I mean are critical if you if you want to go up for promotion like and you haven't had that, that conversation yet, um, you have to have it years before. So I, I completely uh, agree with you, you. you. You're
1: absolutely right about the timeline. You can't do it the year before. Mm-hmm. And in terms of metrics, sometimes faculty find it very frustrating that they're qualitative and not quantitative. Yeah. It's about a gestalt. Yeah. So it's not about how many papers or even how much impact because the impact level of papers in different disciplines are so different. Right. It's about proving that you've done something that's transformative and that you're recognized for that innovation, whether it's a molecule, a pathway or a means to educate. Right. And really, that's
0: the I argument. Really, I really hope my chair watches this, hint, hint. <laughs> you anyway, can send well, it to him. Yeah, p- please, if you can get him to watch it, I'll be impressed. Oh, wait, this is being uh, recorded, uh, I better uh, shut Um you okay. better
1: you know cover yourself with a mask so we won't know what department you're in
0: exactly there we go there, there, there we go right. um, um and then i'm um, actually dr Paget and i are our lamp mentors and lamps a really oh. great program if you haven't heard that mm-hmm. i heard about it I, I urge you to learn about it um and dr Paget and i were, were just on um kind of a group a group meeting call it's a, a mentorship call for our small group and one other thing that i i thought was um kind of really critical and, and he agreed was um you know, get yourself out there. Volunteer, get in, involved in your specialty society. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very involved with my, our American Academy of Neurology, for example. And I was literally one year out of residency. And one of my mentors said, volunteer for a committee. And I said, I'm only a year out of residency. How am I gonna get on a committee? He said, volunteer for a committee. I said, okay, I volunteer for a committee. 15 years later, I'm, I'm, I'm now through multiple committees. I'm now finishing up a chairmanship of a committee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you're a chair of a national committee that's 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 your national international that, reputation.
1: That's exactly right, and that's why chairs at Cornell and faculty at Cornell have to have this discussion about allowing them to have the time to yeah. get the recognition. Yeah. It helps all around. It's not just to get promoted. It actually helps care, right, and helps right. science.
0: I, I couldn't agree with you more. The the um, I, I mean, it's friendships too, but the the collaborations oh, yeah. I've yeah. made through our national organization. And and honestly, every time I volunteered, they say, yes, they need the help. It's free help, they're happy, we're happy, but um, it's been some of the most rewarding aspects of my career. Yes, it's good for the CV, it's great for your reputation, yada, yada, but um, it's pretty rewarding too. So I- My
1: most important scientific work came from a phone call that was sort of a random phone call from someone who I was on a committee with, who said, I have this molecule, you may want to use it in your model, I don't know. And that was 10 years of work after that related to it. So it was being at the right place at the right time, and the right place was on a national committee. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. So, okay, well, we've um, had a terrific discussion. I feel like we could talk a lot more, but we'll we'll save that for another video. Um, um, I just wanna also just uh, for people that are watching, um, we are launching, Um, again, this was also delayed due to COVID, but we're launching a really cool um, faculty development e-learning portal where um, this and uh, 14 other lessons uh, are going to be interactive webinars, videos, questions, answers. It's actually an IRB approved education research program, meaning you log on, you join, and you learn about faculty Faculty development how to succeed as either a clinician educator or succeed in the promotions process um, a variety of really cool um, uh, of stuff and um, and hey you can add that training to your CV um, you know one one thing maybe we should actually touch on briefly um, is some of the flexibility options of the CV it's it's you know we have to check all the boxes but um, t- maybe just talk briefly about the, the some of the flexibility of adding content to, your, to the CV that some people do
1: faculty should feel free to put addenda of things they think showcase their skill, whether it's quality activities and patients thinking what you do is wonderful, or student feedback from students because there don't there isn't the teaching report that's needed. But if you're like a rock star teacher in a course and that students have very positive feedback, it it's a wonderful thing. And if you've taken a lot of modules of programs either at Cornell or elsewhere, it shows that you're motivated and it may reflect on why you're so skilled at what you do. And that really, that, that's really helpful. Even if it's on a certificate getting program, it speaks to your own motivation to grow and to improve. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my closing line about all of this is if you've got questions about CVs or even promotions, I mean, the chair has to talk to you about if you can go up or not. But the Office of Faculty Affairs has what's called a CV clinic. So you can schedule a one on one with one of the uh, coordinators who have all they do is go over CVs and and, and go over dossiers so they can explain things. They can help you. They zoom it now instead of face to face like they used to. But we're here not to make you suffer, even though sometimes it's a lot of writing, but to help you advance and grow. So the CV is a tool for that, not an obstacle.
0: I love that. Well, Jane, thanks so much for joining me today and I this was super informative. I learned a lot and unfortunately this was so informative that we're going to have to have you back.
1: So I'm there. I'm okay. willing
0: <laughs> It's a
1: pleasure. I want people to succeed.
0: Yeah, great. Thanks so much. I okay. really appreciate
1: Thank it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.